Are you doing well? You doing well? I hope you're all doing well. I really trust that God is, is, uh, is there. You know, you get so busy with life sometimes. You get so busy doing things. You get so busy uh, keeping up with life. How many know what I'm talking about? But sometimes you just forget to just stop and say, Lord, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you're moving in my life and in my family. And if you don't know that experience, if you're watching and go, man, I don't, I don't know what that's like at all, I believe before this day's over, you can and you will. But you know what? I was uh, just thinking and reflecting on Memorial Day, just thinking on everything that uh, is, 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 is going on and why we remember those that sacrificed so much, why we remember those that gave so much. Um, and uh, I was thinking about that. And, and I don't know if you've ever been to a, a memorial. Have you ever been to one of those memorials that, uh, uh, you know, is, 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 it can be very moving. You know, you, and, and there's almost sometimes, depends on which one it is and where you're at, and uh, if you go, there's, a, there's an atmosphere, there's a sort of a hush, there's a, a reverence that you feel, an atmosphere that, that you feel. And, and, and I, I think that's, that's real. That's something that we just don't create in our heart. That's something that, that we honor and we, and we understand the atmosphere of, of everything that, that, that's going around. And we, we, we are driven very often by atmosphere. I mean, we don't go to Starbucks because it's a good coffee, right? You know, you know, it's, they create an atmosphere. They do, they do things around us. Yeah, I was, I was intrigued with uh, the physics are out there, you know, and they're trying to decide how the world is all put together. And they have this idea about string theory. Now, there's, I guess there's all kinds of things, and I'm no physicist. I just play one on stage. But the, uh, there's this, physicists come up with this string theory idea, and this is what they believe. This is the current thought. Really smart people believe this and, and think that all the universe is just on a string, and everything is made up of strings that vibrate. So they vibrate at a certain rate or a certain uh, um, level <laughs> that it creates substance. You know, you feel us and you feel the chairs. These are all vibrations. And the best way, you know, without getting absolutely lost in, in what all this means, the best way to understand this is they see it, this, understand it like uh, the vibrations are like music. They're like uh, notes, a song that, that, are, that, that come out. And these the songs come together and form the, everything around us. And I thought about that, and I was so intrigued by that. And just thinking about everything God's put on my heart today, about what's in your heart? What kind of songs are you singing? What's coming out of you? And very often what's coming out of us are the, are the very things that we allow inside of us. So my uh, wife and daughter, they love American Idol. You ever watch American Idol? Ooh, yeah, whatever. It's about 250 seasons now. I don't know, a long time. You know, I think they were going before I was born, and I'm up there. So it's interesting because my wife and, and Lisa will watch in, and there'll be someone, you know, they're really rooting for them. Well, I want this person to win, this guy or this girl. And they're rooting for him, and, he, and I, I'm listening. I'm in my office working or downstairs or doing, doing something, anything. But... Uh, the, uh, my wife is, and I hear her go, oh, she went flat. Oh, he went flat. When I, and I'm just thinking, I just hear noise and music and sound. And like, I don't, I don't hear, babe. but she can hear that. She can hear that, oh, man, oh, man. She, maybe their inner, in, inner ear thingy whoppers are, aren't working right or the, the monitors aren't going right. But there's you know, all kinds of excuses because we, we, we like this person. We want them to do well. But, oh, why why they go flat? And, and you see that it, it's a bit of a sour note that comes out when we're flat. And I started to think about that, and I'm thinking, wow, 
maybe, maybe we need to be more aware of the flat notes we're sending out. Don't get lost in the analogy. <laughs> there's, a, there's a verse in Revelation. I, I love this verse because I think there's so much power in it and we don't even understand it. And you don't have to say, Revelation, man, that's, you know, that's a bunch of stuff that I don't understand. But just set all that aside. Just, it, it, just this picture is very easy to understand because in this picture, the, the, the heaven is filled with those that are declaring the power of God. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. It says, and they sang a new song. You are worthy because you were slain with your blood you purchased from, uh, for people from every tribe, for every nation. You are worthy. You are worthy. And, and the part that, that I get by this, and, I, and I'm thinking about this, is all these vibrations, you know, if it's strings or whatever it is, it just moves everything and, and vibrates everywhere. It's been out there a long time, ever since God created everything. But at this moment, at this time, when, when John was captured up into the heavens and he sees this, the host singing, they were singing, you are worthy because it was a new song. It had never been done before. It had never, they, they, you know, the Bible says they, they're around the throne constantly singing holy, holy, holy and declaring the goodness of God. But this song had never been sung before because this was a new song. This was Jesus Christ, what he had done on the cross and what he had done to bring salvation to you and to me and to every person on this earth that is willing to receive him. That was amazing to me. And I, I thought about that. That's a new song. That's a brand, there was a time when a new song that had never been done was sang. And because that's what Jesus did. And when he did that, he created us. He sang, if you understand what I'm saying, into us and created a new image into us. You are a new person if you've received Christ. That same song has been sung into us. So this morning, in a way that you may not have thought of, uh, about it before, I want to talk about a new song. I'm going to talk about a new song that's in you and how it will change you today. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you're looking at everything around you and every one around you. Because you might be thinking, well, man, Craig, you know, I'm not a good singer, you know. If you just drop the metaphor, I, 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 don't, I don't really, I don't know how to talk about Christ or I don't know how to share with people or I don't know how to forgive people. I'm not very good at this. What if I get it wrong? What if I say it wrong? What if I go flat? And there's someone that says, ooh, that's flat. What if, what, what if I do that? How do I, how do I know that, that God's pouring out of me and I'm helping other people, making a difference in my life? And I think there's a scripture that can really help us in 2 Corinthians. If you look at that, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, now I'm going to break this down. So I'm going to break this down as I read it because we're going to follow it. It says, and we all, that means you. We all, he's talking about believers, everyone that has come to know Jesus Christ, everyone that is serving God, all of you, all of you, not just one, not just this person, all of you, and we all, all of us, with who with unveiled faces reflect the, the Lord's glory. So the first thing is that this is all of us. This, no one's excluded. No one's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to sing. <laughs> you know, or I have stage fright, or I, I don't do this very well. I don't know how to serve God very well. No, 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 all of us. And we do this with unveiled faces. So that means the only way that we really live for God or serve God is we have to do it with unveiled faces. And we'll get to what that means. Unveiled faces reflect God's glory. So 
You have to have unveiled faces. And this is referring to Moses when he was in God's presence. And then the glory filled his face. And it was so bright that people couldn't see it. And he wore a veil until the glory faded. Okay? And so now the author in uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul is referring back to that and says, we live and we reflect God's glory on us. But the difference is we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory instead of a dying glory, increasing glory which comes from the Lord. You see, this is what you need to understand. We reflect. We have to reflect the image of God in our life. We have to do that. That that image has to be imprinted on us because that's how we're transformed. That's how we're different. That's how we're not the same anymore. It's because the more that we reflect, the more that we are transformed. And you're thinking, oh, Greg, what are you talking about? Okay, let's go to the beach. Really, all. Let's go to the beach now. (laughs) Wait, put your hand down. We're not going. (laughs) So if you're at the beach and you're laying there, you are reflecting the sun. The sun is on you, and you're, you're a little reflecting. You know you're reflecting because you start to glow. Unfortunately, a lot of tourists come, and they glow a little too much, and they're in pain for the next three days. But God's glory doesn't cause pain. It causes something else. And so they're reflecting, but they're also transforming. They're, they're their skin is actually transforming. And that's just a little bit of an image to understand. We reflect God. We reflect who Christ is in us. And that reflection is not just so that others can see and others can know, but that we can be changed, that we can understand. See, the more we're transformed, the more we reflect. And the more we reflect, the more we're transformed. You see how this works? This is, this is you want to know, Greg, how do I grow? I want to go stronger in God. I want to be stronger in God. This is the growth cycle. This is it. This is how it works. We reflect Christ. How do I reflect Christ? By allowing who, who he is, what he is, to come into our hearts through his word. Through now, right now, you're reflecting God's words coming out, and you're reflecting, or in prayer, or in fellowship and communion and, and connection with other people as you encourage one another. All of these things happen, and they become this reflection is actually changing you. You're actually changing. You don't always see it. It's like when you go out on the sun, and you think, oh, I'm just good for an hour. You know, I don't need anything for an hour. Anyone ever did that? <laughs> yeah, I'm a good at the beach, you know, and I'm this, you know, white guy, and all of a sudden, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm red and glowing in earth. You don't even realize it so, so often, and it's the same with God, is that the more we grow, the more that we reflect him, the more we change. Now, you might, want to, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, Greg, then why am I not growing? Did you ever wonder that? Why am I not growing? Why, why is it that, that I don't change, that I deal with the same things, that I fall the same areas, that these same sins keep getting me every single time? Why is that? Why do I not grow? Why, why do I seem to struggle with this? And I believe it's because we are not living with unveiled faces, we're living with veiled faces. Because it, there is another cycle, another growth cycle that's not good. Because you're either transforming into what God wants or you are conforming into what the world around you thinks you should do and how you respond and how you should uh, reply to everything that's going around you. 
Let me, let me show you in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2. And it may be a familiar verse that you've seen before, but I want you to just think about it a little bit differently. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's what everyone does. That's what everyone does. That's the pressure. When you get up Monday morning, Tuesday morning, and you go to work, and, and you're, you're, there's pressure all around you to conform. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by being different, by thinking different. And the way we are transformed is by reflecting more of God. The more we reflect of God, the more we're transformed into who we are and how we're thinking. So you might think, well, Greg, how do I know I'm transforming and not conforming? I don't want to conform to the world around us. I want to be transformed. How do I know that? How do I do that? How do, how do I begin to understand what it means? And I think it all begins with tearing down or ripping off that veil. Come on. Listen to me. You got you to gotta rip off that veil. You got to take those veils off. And you think, rip off the veil. And I can't, I can't even begin to list all the veils we wear. And man, we, they're more numerous than, than we know. But let me just give you a, a few that I think sort of sum up what we deal with. There's a veil of fear, and the veil of fear, uh, it attacks and destroys faith. Fear comes against faith. When you wear fear, it limits the faith that you're able to take in. It limits the faith. So if you're reading God's Word, and, and, or you're listening to some sermon, or, 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 or you're, you're in, being encouraged by someone around you, and they're speaking into your life, and, or something like that, and you are wearing the veil of fear, you're not going to receive it by faith. You, instead, you're going you're gonna to blame other things, you know, and you're going to conform to the world. And how does the world conform to f- fear? <laughs> through pills, you know, through blaming other people, <laughs> you know, and, and, and seeing problems that, that uh, it, are, are everyone else's fault. But another veil that we have is the veil of apathy. And you think, well, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> I was expecting a much worse one. <laughs> but this is really, this is really uh, a thick one. And we, it blinds us completely. Because you see, the veil of apathy attacks hope. Hope that I can change. Hope that others can change. And it's this hopelessness that sits in until we all of a sudden, and we live, oh my goodness, in a world that is conforming to the veil of apathy. I just saw a study where they said that in England, so you got to chalk up this is England, it's not us, you know, because they, they're messed up over there. But anyway, just kidding. Uh, they, in England, more people believe in ghosts, real ghosts, than government. There's more, they have more faith in the ghost than they do the government. Now, some of you might think, yeah, I'm, I'm with them on that. <laughs> and it, because it's easy, it's easy. And, and I, I'm just, and I'm just saying, it's not, it maybe it's deserved. <laughs> I don't want to get political here. I'm just saying that it's easy to, to develop this hopelessness. We're just, oh, they're not going to change. He's not going to change. It's never going to turn around. My job's not going to change. I can't change. I, that's hope. That's apathy. And the world conforms us and twists us. And we wear this veil so that we cannot see the hope that God has. And one more, which I think is the most diabolical, is the veil of self. Because you see, it's clear. We think. We don't even know we're wearing the veil of self, but we view everything by who we are. 
by what we want, by what our need is, by how we're hurting, by what's going on in our life. Everything around us, everyone around us, we wear this veil. And all of a sudden, we blame others. They're at fault, and this is wrong, and this is not right, and this like, and we, and we, we, we all of a sudden, we have this veil over us, and see, the, the veil of this veil comes against, of self comes against love. And so we can't live love. See, we're being transformed by reflecting God's love, and therefore, we're loving others. But you can't love others. You cannot forgive others. That's not how the world conforms. They say, if someone hurts you, hurt them back harder. If someone hits you, hit them faster. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, that's, it, that's the way the world conforms. That's the way it's doing. But if you're wearing that veil of self, then you feel that same way instead of the love that God has for us. And you say, well, Greg, I want to tear these veils off. And maybe there's other ones the Holy Spirit right now is just pricking your heart saying, you know, this veil here, you got to tear that down because it's causing you to conform and act like the world instead of being transformed by the renewing of your mind that God wants for you. And you say, how can I do that? Let me give you a verse I think it will help. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, God's, we are, I just shortened the verse just so we can get through it. God's special possession. You are God's special. You are a holy nation. You are precious to him. You are God's special possession. Now, because of that, that you may declare the praises of him. There it is again, reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. That's what we need to do. We need to give out. We need to give out. It's always about giving out what, because if you think, uh, church or you think God or relationship, it's just about God coming in. In my life, you missed it. It's always about reflection. It's always about, because that's how we're transformed. The more we take in of God, the more we give out to other people, the more transformation we have. And so there it is again, that you may declare the praises of him who called you, now watch this, out of darkness into his wonderful light. Out of darkness into his wonderful light. That doesn't just mean if you study it closely and look at it, it doesn't just mean out of, we're in a dark place and we're all of a sudden out of a dark place. It literally, what Paul or what Peter's talking about is, is that the darkness is in you. The darkness is in us. And God pulls that darkness out of us. You see, this darkness and light is much more than a metaphor to Peter because he actually saw the light. He literally saw the light, and, and he understood that we have to become the light in a dark places. And, and in fact, Peter writes how we are the light. You and I, we're the light. We're the light. If the light is dark, what hope is there? If we're dark inside, if we're not being transformed, if the reflection of God is not coming out of us and the darkness is gone so that the light has come out of us, what hope is there for anyone? We have to actually become the light. How do I become light? The more you reflect, the more you're transformed. The more you transform, the more you grow. The more you grow, the more you reflect. See how this works? The more I put God's word in my heart, the more I put God's ways in my heart, the more I reflect God. It's all about reflecting his light. That's what it comes down to. How do I reflect his light? In Matthew 17, Jesus takes his disciples uh, Peter, James, and John. So Peter's there up to a mountain to pray. And as they go up to the mountain to pray, uh, somewhere in this, they, you know, they probably fell asleep because that's what we do as disciples. Come on, somebody, you know. <laughs> we're, we're hanging in there, you know, we're praying. And, and uh, all of a sudden he looked up and Jesus was glowing. And it wasn't a sunburn. 
Jesus was glowing. He actually transformed right before them. The, the, because you see, Jesus was always all God and always all man. And for that moment, the God part was shining out. He transformed right before them. Amazing. And we could talk for about two years about just that and how amazing he is, how marvelous he is. But I just want to pause on something a lot of people get, oh, what's that about? Because he's not there by himself. If he just ooh, glowed and everything like, oh, you are the son of God. You are God himself. You, it, we would have, that would have been it. But he was talking to two people, Moses and Elijah. The, the question, you, you have a question when you get to heaven, God, I'm going to ask you this. I want to know this. This is one of my questions. How do they know? How do they know that was Moses? Did, he, did Moses have a tablet? Was he writing on it, you know, cutting stone? You know, did, did Elijah, was he in a chariot? I mean, how do they know it was Moses? But either, one, one way or the other, just knowing, just because God's presence was there, they knew it was Moses, and they knew it was Elijah. You see, everything is accomplished in Jesus. That's what you got to get. Everything is accomplished in Jesus. God is doing it. You see, if you think about Elijah, it didn't end well. He actually fell short of the glory of God. Because as hard as we try sometimes, we can't do it without Christ. He fell short. Because what happened is that he was running from the bad guys right in there. He said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And he goes, oh, no, I'm going to die, you know, all this, you know, freaking out. He's wearing the veil of fear so we can all sympathize. And then God said, I want you to go up onto the mountain because I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to show you my power. I'm going I'm to literally transform that mountain so you can see my glory. And he goes up there and finds a cave and goes into the cave. God says, well, my glory is out there. How come you didn't come out there? But he stood and he hid in the cave. He saw it from a distance. Come on, listen to what I'm just saying. God never wants us to live from a distance. God never wants us to say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go this, and I'll do these things, but I'm not doing these things, and I'll live this way, but I'm, but I'm going to stay in my cave. God doesn't want you in your cave. He's going to pull you out. And he wanted the glory to be there. But there was all kinds of things going on, and it scared Elijah. But you realize right after that, God comes about, Elijah says, okay, I'm going to replace you. Go, go find Elisha. That was it. He fell short of the glory. And so often we look at that and we think, God, how's that? You see, we have to tear down the world's veil of fear and re begin to reflect faith. You have to tear down that fear and to reflect faith. If you're going to wear that fear, God, I don't think it'll work out. God, I don't think I can change. God, I don't think I'm going to pay, pay my bills. God, I don't think I'm going to be healed. God, I don't think my, my, my children will, will, will turn to you, and I don't think my, my parents will ever get back together. Whatever. We have this fear that just comes instead of standing in faith. See, he stayed outside the cave. He stayed outside the cave. He didn't go in, and he missed the glory because of fear. Elijah missed the glory because of fear. And that's not what God has for us. That's not what God wants for us. That's not what God's trying to, trying to do with us. You see, if you go on a little bit more, you, you, Moses was standing there as well. Now, we'll get back to Elijah. So you think, of poor Elijah. <laughs> He's left out there. He's left in the cave. And I think sometimes God looks at us and says, hey, don't get out of your cave. Because if you're going to grow, 
If you're going to really grow in me, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to reflect. Because, you see, we also have to tear off the world's veil of apathy and reflect hope. You're going to have to take it off. Come on. That hopelessness that says, I, this is not going to work. Man, our world lives in hopelessness. It is surrounded. We have the highest suicide rate in teenagers we've ever had. Brokenness. Brokenness all around us. And all of that comes from this apathy, this veil of apathy that, that par- people are wearing. And you wouldn't think it, but this is exactly what Moses was dealing with. Because, you see, God said, Moses, strike the rock and water will come out and everyone will be uh, given the water they need. And so Moses strikes it. Yay, everyone, good. Go a little bit further, further, and then all they do is rebel again. They cry again. They whine again. Man. And then God says, okay, go out to the rock and speak to that rock. And as you speak to that rock, then water will come out. So Moses, though, had had it with the people. He had had it. He was angry. And he comes out, and the first thing he says is, you bunch of reprobates, you're a bunch of losers. You're, and no matter what you do, you keep rebelling, you keep rebelling. And, and all of a sudden, he strikes the rock twice. Instead of speaking to it, water came out. But because of that, he fell short of the glory of God. And he never was able to enter into the promised land because he missed something so clear. He gave up on Israel. He gave up on the people. He didn't have any more hope for them. And more, probably more on his leadership and more everything. He just gave up. You can't do that. And that hopelessness sort of seeks in. And, and, and you think, oh, I mean, that was wrong of Moses. But, you know, we fail and we give up on people all the time, don't we? Oh, they weren't going to change. Oh, they're not going to, it's not going to be any different. It's not going to, it's just going to be the same way. And we, we have to reflect. We have to reflect the uh, the, the hope that God has for us. In that moment, Peter says, let me build three, basically, memorials. Let me build three memorials, one for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And God speaks out of the cloud and goes, no, dummy. <laughs> God ever talk to you like that? It's funny. He does to me all the time. <laughs> it's, no, 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 no. You, you missed the point. I have three memorials. God had already built them. Peter. That's why they were there. They were the witness to God's transformation of Jesus. They were the witness. They were the memorials. They were the reflection. So what was going on, and they didn't even know it, is Jesus was shining on them, and they were to shine out. They are to be. We are the memorials. And, and Peter confirms this, 2 Peter 2.5, he says later on, he says that we are the living stones. We are being built into a spiritual house, you and I. Peter understood that. Peter began to grasp that and go, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. That's me. I am. You ever read 1 Corinthians 13? Call it the love chapter. Love chapter, it's, it's all about how great God's love is for us and how much we should live that love. And there, in the middle, it just says love never fails. Love never fails. We can hang on to that. But then it gives a strange, strange little metaphor. Because you see, this is what we need to understand. We have to tear off the world's veil of self to reflect his love. We'll never reflect his love without tearing that veil off of self. Because we cannot see 
and really understand. Paul writes in there in, in, in verse 12, he, he writes about how we see in a glass darkly. It's really a poor translation. Or we see distorted. It's, it's really not about that because literally that word, you know what it means? Riddle. We see in riddles. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to understand. It's pertaining specifically to this chapter. And what is this chapter about? Love. And what does that mean? That we should love others. And the reason we don't love others is because we think we understand and we don't. We think we know what's, where they're hurting. We think we know if you just do this, you, you can fix this. If you just stop that, you know, like that. And, and, and I'm not talking about clear directives that we get. I'm just talking about how we think we understand. And, and right in the middle of all this, he says, look, you, you don't understand. It's not about you trying to figure it all out. It's not all you trying to understand everything. It's about you just loving people, caring for people, reaching out for people, knowing what's going on in their life. The only way, the only way that we're going to grow is to begin to reflect his love, be transformed, reflect the glory that he has in us. And that changes everything. You see, that's what Jesus did. Jesus changed us. Jesus died for us. There's a new song. And, and, and the power is that, you know, God spoke the world into existence. We understand that. It's, it says that in Scripture. Maybe he sang it. He sang a new song and created the world. And we fell. But Jesus came back and sang a new song, a song that was never created for, before, a song that we didn't know before, a song that moves into our very heart, a very soul that brings redemption and brings forgiveness and brings righteousness inside of us. And what are we supposed to do with that song? Sing it back. Give it away. Faith. Tear, take off that veil. Hope. Tear it off and believe that that hope is going to come and love Allow God to speak clearly into your life. You see, we get so caught up with the world around us, as I was saying earlier, that we just wear these veils, and these veils cover us. And God said, I'm here. I'm going to tear them off. And there's all kinds of veils, like I, I said at the beginning. There's all kinds of things that we do and veils that we have that, that keep us from serving God and keep us from growing. You want to grow? You want to get stronger? You want to really change? You want to see God do something in your life? Take out, start taking off those veils. And like I said, I think the Holy Spirit could be right now saying, yeah, yeah, those veils are good, but this is the one. <laughs> he, the Holy Spirit's so much better preacher than I am. And uh, he put his finger on you one by one, me, you, all of us, saying, hey, let's tear those down. Let's really reflect the glory of God. You received God's word this morning. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person. Thank you, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would move in their life. I thank God that you would uh, help them tear off those veils, whatever the veil is, whatever it is that's, that's causing them to, uh, to not reflect your love, to not reflect your hope, to not reflect your faith in their life and to grow. God, we just surrender these things, the veil of self, the veil of of apathy that, that, that just blocks everything. And God, the veil of fear, we lay those down. We surrender our hearts. And God, if there's anyone in here right now in the sound of my voice, watching online or in this room that has not given their life completely to you, that has still the, the veil of self-works and self-effort, God, I pray that they would take that off and surrender to you.
And so, Lord, we all pray right now, God, forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us. Renew us. And, God, we receive all that you are. Keep pouring into our lives. And we give you thanks for that. In the name of Jesus, amen.